Welcome to Day 68 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Matthew Kresge and David Keefe. And Katie Kresge, as we continue uh, through the uh, drama of Scripture, uh, we're in the life of Moses, and uh, already uh, Moses' second attempt at leadership is met with hardship as uh, he has reintroduced Israel to their God, and he's introduced you know, God to Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh immediately pushes back, and he makes things you know, far worse you know, for the people of God. And uh, they've already quickly lost, you know, their sense of confidence in Moses as a leader. So you have a crisis in leadership very early in the story, not the not the last one. There'll be many more crises of leadership and crisis of trust, uh, a reflection, you know, of our own life and our own journey as well. So our reading today, you know, if you have, uh, you know, a hard copy of our reading plan, looks a little confusing, but it's it's not all that confusing it's really a, a, a solid section of Scripture, and we're just leaving out the genealogies in the middle. But by all means, after we're through with the podcast, go back and read the genealogies and be deeply inspired by them in the name of the Lord. Uh, before we do read today's passage, beginning in parts of chapter 5, going through parts of chapter 6, and ending in you know, parts of chapter 7, uh, before we do, let's pause and offer this moment to the Lord. David, do you mind lifting us up? The word no, of prayer. let's pray. And Father, we do ask now as we, we turn to your word um, that, that you would meet us um, and that you would help us to behold the wonders from your word. Um, help us to see the riches and the beauty of you at work through Moses, through your people. Um, help us even under the difficulties and the burdens of, of our days to, to trust you and, and to be dependent on you. As we see your faithfulness, uh, may we um, be reminded um, of who you are and how you are the good and faithful covenant-keeping God. And so we have so much um, that we've seen in you to, to cause us to trust you, but yet we often fail to do so. And so do that work deeply in us, please. Um, give us um, eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts um, that are overwhelmed um, with who you are and what you've accomplished for us. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we pick up in Exodus chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, and of course the people have just put back, pushed back on Moses. And now Moses will push back on the Lord. Verse 22, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of the Canaan where they reside as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out of Egypt from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you up out of, from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. 
Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of this country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? And then we skip over the family records of Moses and Aaron, and we pick up again in chapter 6, verse 28. Now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? Chapter 7, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I've made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Uh, You are to say everything that I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I'll harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply many signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with mighty acts of judgment, I'll bring out my divisions, my people, uh, the Israelites. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron 83, when they spoke to Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian musicians, all magicians, also did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs, yet Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to them, just as the Lord had said. Really interesting section. Uh, You are really thinking, you know, if I can throw my staff down, I'll become a snake. That's going to impress everybody, but evidently it doesn't impress everybody. i got to get a staff. Uh, Yeah. The uh, musicians, not the musicians, but the magicians in the land of Egypt and their secret arts are able to do the same thing. No, we've said it time and time again, but it it is so fascinating to hear from the Lord and to see how he is completely in control of all of this and completely knows what's going to happen next and and tells Aaron and, and Moses how to respond. And he's just so reassuring through all of that and obviously we see the ups and downs uh, of the people not believing believing but again just what a great reminder of the faithfulness of god to continue to care for his people to hear their cries and Mm -hmm. and to continue moving forward with these people who are doubting him so often uh, along the way i love along those lines just verse 12 of um, chapter 6 moses said to the lord if the israelites won't listen to me why would pharaoh listen to me since i speak with faltering lips and the irony is that pharaoh won't listen to him and it, it's going to be god who pharaoh responds to and pharaoh's heart is going to be hard and stubborn but um i just love that like he's this is such a hu- a human response like your people won't even listen to me there's no way that pharaoh's going to listen to me sounds like something that i would say and and, and of course you you hear him going back to an old excuse i have faltering lips and of course mm-hmm. the problem here is not faltering lips at all it's a faltering faith right uh, on part of the people uh but uh, you hear him going to a very human excuse he said i told you i'd be ineffective as a speaker and, and, and of course, you know, you can hear the echo of Scripture. I, I never 
said you were going to be an effective speaker. I said I was going to effectively speak through mm-hmm. you. And uh, so both both Israel and Moses are missing missing the point at this point you know, in the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and will throughout the narrative, uh, they're learning who God is. And he is telling them several times as Matthew, uh, and by that I mean Matt Kresge, <laughs> pointed out you know, to us in a couple of podcasts ago that you're going to continue to hear this frame. Uh, that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord. They will know that I am the Lord, that I brought you out by mighty acts and outstretched arms. Mm-hmm. So you see God working to introduce himself um, both to Egypt and to his people in a very real, very deeply personal way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and reminding them of the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, that he he told them he would bring them to this land and that he is continuing to do so through them. So I just love the the reminder and just that whole passage um, starting in 6, 6, so chapter 6, verse mm-hmm. 6, where he is just revealing who, who he is to them. Such a um, gracious, in such a gracious way, um, I will take you as my own people, verse 7, and I'll be, I'll be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, which of course reminds us um, who have the, the new covenant um, and the New Testament that Jesus says, um, come to me and I will give you a new yoke, um, which is easy and light. Um, so take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So that just pointed me to no. that passage. Uh, the yokes, you know, that sometimes are placed on us are heavy. The yokes, uh, you know, we often create for ourselves are very heavy. The demands that we place on ourselves, the image that we want to, you know, project and protect and, uh, you know, at all cost, you know, to hold on to becomes, you know, very heavy. But what God has invited us to, you know, is, is, is rest in, in, in peace, mm-hmm. you know, in Him. And so it is a, a great, you know, connection, you know, from a yoke of slavery to the far more gentle yoke of the one who loves us and has called us, you know, to, you know, to be his own. Yeah, I can't help but think of Jesus just thinking of, of this passage or, you know, especially this moment with, I mean, the Exodus being that kind of prototypical salvation event, you know, as he's looking at his people and inviting them, you know, come to me, you know, those who are weary and burdened. I mean, that's the whole story you've seen so far. The people of God are weary, they're burdened, they're oppressed. And Jesus inviting them to take this yoke that is easy. And yeah, I, I love that, that passage from Jesus too, because it, it doesn't say why. You know, it didn't say, you know, come to me, all those who are, you know, being oppressed by someone else. Or, you know, it's like whether you're the reason that you're weary or burdened, you know, whether it's because you can't stop, you know, yeah. he, he's like, my yoke is easy. And, and then he gives us that kind of portrait into his heart that he's gentle and humble in heart. And I mean, that's one of the things that, that we've seen even in the midst of, I, I love the dynamic we've seen of, of God so far as we've seen a God who says, I am mighty and I will do this with an outstretched hand. And then at the same time, we see this compassion, you know, where he says, and I see the cries of my people and I'm concerned about them, you know. And, and I think sometimes, especially today, maybe it's because we see misuse of power or something that we tend to think if people have power, they can't be compassionate, you know, or if if someone's powerful, that means they're just going to use it to abuse or you know, no, whatever. We, we see a very earthly picture of power yeah. in, in Pharaoh, and we often see it in ourselves. You know, as we uh, as we are in a, a position of power, we, it easily goes to our head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we we have a God whose whose very nature is is to be a God of love and and of mercy. 
And we should also know, along with that, a God of wrath. You hear the word, you know, judgment here, you know, several times. God is not just acting arbitrarily as he confronts this nation. Uh, he is judging them for their oppression and for their idolatry and for, you know, who, who they are as a people who are, you know, proud and very distant from him. And, and so we can meet God either in his judgment as we, you know, in hardness of heart, resist his grace in our life, or we can meet him in compassion as we open our hands to receive, uh, receive the compassion that he has for his people. Mm-hmm. And, and so you do see, you know, the heart and character of a holy God and a merciful God, you know, coming together and how we will experience his holiness yeah. and his mercy and it has very much to do with how we respond to him. Verse 9 is, is you know, speaks volumes. And Moses reported all this to the Israelites, and this is just the compassionate revelation of who God is that Katie was just talking about. Uh, Moses reported all this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. They let their discouragement and their hardships speak louder uh, than the voice of God, and, and certainly that happens, you know, to us when we find ourselves in difficulty. And even as you know, Matt alluded to that we see some of the prototypical aspects of of the new covenant in what Jesus is laying out, or what God's laying out to Moses in verses you know six, seven, and eight, and even us in our discouragement, right? We need to go back to the things that we've been given in Christ, the the redemption and and the new status and how we're no longer slaves. Um, and so it's just in their discouragement, they choose to kind of reject the good news God was offering them in that moment. And in our discouragement, we need to run to the good news of Jesus to help us in that discouragement, which is mm-hmm. obviously something we probably do sometimes by ourselves, but also it's a, a communal thing as well that sure. we're helping each other remember these things in the discouraging moments of life. Um, yeah. And oftentimes we may not choose to believe them like they do here, but they're nonetheless true. No, often, you know, often our discouragement does speak louder than, you know, the voice of God. Um, but uh, even even in those moments, we need to put our confidence in, uh, you know, the story that we're, we're seeing unfold before us, that he is faithful and he has always been faithful. And, of course, that's the very introduction of his name. I am what I am and I will be what I will be and I will be what I was. Uh, you know, all of those are reflecting, you know, for us in that, that he is powerful. And, of course, we know, you know, where our sin abounds, his grace does much more abound. But we also know where discouragement and, mm-hmm. uh, and hardship abound, that his ability to sustain us in the middle of it does mm-hmm. much more abound. Uh, and so we get those kind of words, you know, when Paul closes his prayer, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is working in us to him be glory in Christ Jesus and in his church forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And that happens to be the end of the podcast. So That worked out good. Amen. Amen. <laughs>